Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast, is now returning to you, and it's been awfully chicksome around here lately, what with these female directors and female leading roles, so we thought maybe we'd go back to the dudes this time. <laughs> I am your co-dude, Josh, and with me, as always, is your other co-dude, John. John, how's it dudin'? I'm dudin' pretty duderific. I, I've already oh. I've already ruined the entire episode. Oh, it's already terrible, and that's okay. Because, <laughs> I mean, dude, what else are you going to even do with this? That's true. I, I am a dude, and that's my purloin? Yeah. Perfume? Yeah. Purloin? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's your letter. Your purloined letter. T. John, is there a female in this movie? Um, Jesus, I, I don't believe there is. Is there any? I know there is a, uh, there is a reference to mothers and yeah. how they will be told. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are probably some that are rounded up. Some of the characters have children. Uh, so ostensibly they had children with women. Oh, there's a lady that left, uh, that lost her keys. Uh, the Freezy Lady. Yeah, yeah, Freezy Lady, and also the Cashieress. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Couple token ladies. Okay, good. We got some in there. We passed the Bechdel test. There are ladies in this movie. <laughs> Men, part two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you, John? How are your days? Uh, I'm you doing go, well. Can... My stupid cat wants out now. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. One second. All right. Thank Let you. the cat out of the bag. There we go. Fat fuck. All right. So <laughs> I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing well. My uh, my son was staying with us for a while, and that was a little chaotic. And uh, now he's gone, and I have his gaming mouse. Uh oh. It's pretty cool. Um, it's way more sensitive than I need it to be. But uh, yeah, that's my life. Pretty exciting. How about yours? <laughs> It's it's pretty good. Uh, are you gaming with that mouse, sir? Because you can turn down that sensitivity. It's real important to get that precision. I have. I, I literally just plugged it in today. I haven't since I'm not in school currently. I haven't even really been using my computer as you know as as the rest of the planet. I just use my phone for everything. Nice. How about yeah. you? Are you doing all right? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. All of the things are going on, and you know it. The world is terrible. The world is just really bad. Uh, What's his... That's probably why I've been reading astrophysics books and stuff. I would get off this fucking planet. Yeah, yeah. And and just think about things that are better than living here, generally. Like, uh, like, uh, maybe don't even think about Salman Rushdie getting stabbed. Like, (laughs) it's, it's four decades ago still, John. Yeah, well, it's like, like that dude that did it probably wasn't even born. Yeah, yeah, I think he's like 25 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't even born. Pled not guilty, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, not guilty. Fuck you, dude. God. <laughs> the book that was misinterpreted from the beginning, and this guy goes to Chautauquan, which is like this isolated place in the middle of fucking nowhere. The closest city is hours away, Buffalo. It's it's like this a beautiful town. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like this, like you know, think space where you know, you know, people that are much better than I am go to talk about big ideas, and they bring Salman Rushdie in, and some fucking clown stabs the guy. It's like really, but okay, yeah. that's the world we're living in. So sure, 
So yeah, fuck everything. God. Apparently he's okay, sort of. He's he's come out of the uh they had him like, you know, under and he's they brought him back out and apparently his son said he's retained his sense of humor because he was always a smart ass. So that's good. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. But uh yeah. 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 I mean, he's totally a badass now. You don't get stabbed in the neck, survive, and then just be a wimp anymore. Like you are you are you have your chops now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guy could write and now now he's also a terminator. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, speaking of Terminator, uh, today is Judgment Day for us. We are testing out an experimental new format where we're going to try to do all of this that we normally do in two plushes hours in a a nice hour-long format. Let's see if it works. John, what movie are we one-houring today? We are, we are one-houring a over-two-hour movie. Uh, uh, based on a Stephen King novel, the one he wrote after his accident, mm-hmm. addicted to painkillers, and uh, even he doesn't really like the book. So that's a good start. <laughs> and uh, we are watching Dreamcatcher from whatever two thousand early something. I forget. I think it's two thousand and three. It came right after um, Cabin Fever and right before Slither. Yeah. <laughs> Slither was great. Uh, yes. Why aren't we talking about that movie? <laughs> this, uh, yeah, this is a weird movie for everyone involved, really. Lawrence Kasdan, this is way out of his... With the, Some of the actors are... They just don't work together as people that we're supposed to believe have been friends their whole lives. And then there's then we've got the whole eyebrow thing going on. And it, it just has so many, so many problems. Oh, it man. is entertaining at times yeah the effects are you know they're very cgi although they do use some modeling effects but yeah it's uh it's a rough go yeah (laughs) yeah when when the horror is good in this movie it's real good but most of the time it is not good and yeah, yeah, we've got we've got this director guy, Kasdan. He he like wrote all of the like really good Star Wars movies and I think some Indiana Jones. He's like it he's got his his fingers in every good pie going on and then he directs this movie and it's uh it's kind of trash and it's right in that middle period of um uh, uh, the downslope of Stephen King movies, where you had really good Stephen King movies, and then you had absolute garbage trash Stephen King <laughs> movies and garbage trash Stephen King television miniseries, and uh, this was that uh, that upswing. Like, okay, let's put you know Hollywood bucks back into it, and and this is this is what came out. It's, I mean, it it. it... It could have been good. You know, there's a lot of talent involved for sure. Oh, yeah. And I'm assuming there was a lot of talent behind the camera as well, um, aside from just Kasdan. And, you know, I mean, obviously it was made professionally with a lot of money, you know. Uh, I, I, I don't... The acting is just not there. No. And, and that's a big part of the problem. It's, it's campy when it shouldn't be. And it tries to be serious, but it just can't pull it off. And it, it's just painful. It's, it's hard to watch at times. It's like, it makes me embarrassed almost. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so that's what we're doing. That's without the spoilers. We're going to hop now into, I have written a less than 500 word synopsis. So we're going to spoil the whole thing. So leave now. And then after we're done synopsising the entire thing, we're just going to talk shit about the movie for however we feel like it. That's the new format, folks. <laughs> that's right. And just, just one more tip. Tip. Uh, two word tip about this movie. Just the tip. Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. Okay, carry on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Dreamcatcher. Four boys are having a summer to remember in the past. They save a boy named Duddits from bullies. Duddits has an intellectual disability, and this is a Stephen King story. So guess what? Later, yeah. after alluding to saving the world and being afraid of Mr. Gray, Duddits grants the boys magical powers, which they use to find a missing girl. Ista A. Ista A? Oh, huh? This movie. Did they spend time taking turns using uh, hateful slurs that were very common at this time in America? Yes, they did. Yeah, it's not <sighs> PC, this movie. Not anymore. Maybe at the time, but not yeah. even then it was already rude. <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's not PC if you if you save this kid from bullies and then tell everybody that you're friends with the retard. Yeah, it's not good. That's not woke. That's not. It, it's not good. <laughs> Get forward to quote unquote present day. As adults, we have Thomas Jane's Henry, who is a shitty psychologist despite his ability to read minds. Okay. <laughs> Just let that sink in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can read your mind and he uses it to drive his patients to suicide before com trying to commit suicide. Fantastic. No, no moral qualms whatsoever. No, just like later he's like, yeah, I kind of feel bad about it. And his friends are like, no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> Uh, Damien Lewis plays Jonesy, who is a good professor who, quote, just sometimes knows. Great. Mm. Uh, Timothy Oliphant is, plays Pete, who is an icky car salesman who can find anything by twirling his fingers at stuff. And does he use that in a gross sexual way towards women? Why, yes. Yes, he does. Yes. Oh, boy. Does he ever. Jason Lee plays Beaver, whose uh, magical ability appears to be chewing toothpicks. Yeah, and, and apparently uh, being addicted to them. He can't go without them, as far as I can tell. He, he literally, spoiler, dies because he could not not chew on a toothpick, even if it's on a disgusting, dirty bathroom floor. Yeah, here's a tip, folks. If your floor is covered in... Uh, alien fungal infected uh, bloody fecal Blood matter. Yeah. yeah. If you see a spot that looks like it might be clean and that's where you're, you've got some of your toothpicks, don't don't believe that. Your eyes are deceiving <laughs> you. Yeah. Not, nothing should be picked up off that floor and put in your fucking mouth. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Definitely don't like chew on it and let your soak spit into it and then suck your spit back out of it and chew on it some more after it was on butt floor. Alien, <laughs> fungus, mutant, death, butt floor. <laughs> that was not in the less than 500 word synopsis. Yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, so yeah, we've got we've got Thomas Jane, Damian Lewis, Timothy Oliphant, and Jason Lee. Like it's a pretty good lineup. None of them have any chemistry together whatsoever. Mm-mm, Even no. when they are like pillow talkily whispering each other's names to each other, like <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Jonesy, ah, <sighs> Jonesy. Everything is is so contrived and forced, and they they have their own language that even they don't buy. That's yeah. the impression you get. Like like if this is a real fuckaroo or whatever. Yeah, they <laughs> never had to knock on wood. Yeah, <laughs> um, and all of this is going on. They're t- they're talking together on little one on one conversations, and all been thinking about Dunnets lately when. All of a sudden, Stephen King gets hit by a car. I mean, Josie gets hit by a car. I'm sorry, Jonesy gets hit by a car. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> the little girl that, that was missing that they found was named Josie, and they spent a lot of time saying her name over and over again, which is confusing because I'm like, hey, he's right there. Oh, they said Josie, not Jonesy. Great. <laughs> Could have picked any name. Any name. Uh, six months later, uh, the horrible car accident apparently wasn't so horrible, even though he looked like dead as fuck. Yeah. They, yeah. Like twitchy dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like his body, like, folded in the wrong ways. Um, he was death-throwing. Yes. Uh, they are now all hanging out in their winter isolation cabin, a la you know, The Thing or something like that. This movie definitely isn't just 50% Stephen King books and 50% other horror movies put into a blender. Um, They are all friends. They do banter. The aforementioned fuckaroos versus fuckaraz or fuckeries and what they all mean. They all say SSDD together like it's a cool joke that just they have together. Mmm. 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 Is it important to the plot? Somehow. Yes, just that one time and it not good. Mm-mm. Yeah, just shows up repeatedly and never makes any sense. Yeah, no bounce, no play. <laughs> uh, we learned that Jonesy's other magical power, in addition to just knowing sometimes, is he has a memory warehouse, which is a, a very fancy library where he keeps all of his porn and facts. Yeah, apparently it's it's uh, tucked away in a corner of uh, Hogwarts, and yes. uh, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Yes, the movie goes out of its way to depict him in the nice polished wood shelves where he has he has filing boxes full of labeled with memories, and they talk about it and about how he he, he to learn a computer. He had to get rid of all of his rock song lyrics, even though he's supposed to be like, what, 35, 40 years old. He has now run out of brain space and has to incinerate anything in order to learn a new thing. I mean, never mind that his brain library has plenty of room for more stuff. No, but it looks very nice in there. It's uh, it's impressive video, Mm. whatever. Totally done. Sure. Yeah, absolutely done. Uh, uh, at this point, the group starts splitting up in strange ways that I'm not going to try to summarize. Um, 
Jonesy brings a lost hunter back to the cabin. The lost hunter burps, farts, bulges, and then goes to sleep. Uh, meanwhile, Henry and Pete almost hit Stephen King with their car. I mean, some woman with their car. And instead of hitting her, they uh, do an epic rollover crash, car crash. Stephen King. Yeah, very, very elaborate. Uh, at this point, helicopters come uh, hover overhead and tell them that they are under military quarantine. Later, we'll get a whole storyline of Morgan Freeman's Colonel Snowbrows, I call him, because his snowbrow <laughs> his eyebrows just catch all the snow, and Tom Sizemore's Bucko. Their storyline is boring and sucks. Yeah, they they add nothing of value to the movie. Nope, nope. At the cabin, something has shot out of the hunter's butt and uh, once out of the toilet, which Beaver secures by sitting on top of the toilet. The thing in the toilet gets Beaver because Beaver couldn't not chew on a gross toothpick. Uh, it first bites off his fingers and then kills him all the way. It looks like a penis with eyes and teeth. Oh yeah, like a teeth-laden vagimouth. Yeah, yeah, with a butthole like that a vertical... has like... Yeah, yeah. 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 All the orifice. It's basically an orifice monster. <laughs> it is. Shaped like disgusting. a turd. Yes. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. Uh, just then, a giant Area 51 looking alien shows up and turns into a cloud of red mist that Josie. Jones, uh, so Jonesy breathes in. I guess, yeah, Josie was also a female in this movie. Great. Uh, he breathes in the red mist. Uh, somewhere else. Uh, oh yeah, now we see that Jonesy has a writer in his brain, and that writer has a British accent, and causes the actor to do dumb head-tilting stuff, and have a really bad British accent sometimes, and they do a back-and-forth argument talk. A really bad British accent? He's British. Yeah, they were like, ooh, but could you make it not that actually British? Could you make it sound like a, an American dude doing a bad British accent? And he was like, oh, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> I got you. I got you, dog. Jonesy, oh, boy. <laughs> it's, it's fucking terrible. <sighs> Another alien penis monster tries to eat Pete's dick off while Pete is drunk. There's a whole storyline about whether or not Pete is an alcoholic, and fuck that. Um, Henry can sense Jonesy coming on a snowmobile, but then realizes by talking out loud to himself and to Jonesy, who's not there, uh, that he can tell that that's not actually Jonesy and that there's something wrong. Uh, great. Uh, P tries to finger blast Mr. Gray when Mr. Gray shows up and misses by a wide and easy margin. Uh, and then Mr. Gray eats... Pete, while Jonesy watches from inside the memory warehouse, because eyes are a window of the, you know, the eyes are the window of the warehouse, John. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Uh, Henry finds Beaver's fungusy corpse in the fungusy house. He gets a telepathic image of what happened to Jonesy. He finds the penis alien roosting on a pile of butt eggs, which uh, turn into sperm guys that he burns along with the cabin. They look uh, then, like, oh, let's le let's use practical effects for this part. So, <laughs> like these little squirrely pieces of rubber on the floor that look completely fake. Yeah, yeah, Great. it's 
<laughs> the worst possible part. Should we uh, save the practical effects for the alien transformation and make it like a cool costume? No. Nope. No. Nope. In no way shall we do that. <laughs> Uh, so he burns, yeah, he burns the spermy guys along with the entire cabin and then makes his way after a whole bunch of just boring nonsense that I skip over. He makes his way to Duddits. Big reveal. Adult Duddits is dying of cancer and is played by a really strung out looking Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> I know it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Yep, Duddits loves Scooby-Doo and says Scooby-Doo things and still has his Scooby-Doo lunchbox, which is now full of cancer medicine. Great. (laughs) (sighs) Um, It turns out that Mr. Gray's big plan, the reason he's doing all of this, is he's going to poison the water supply of Massachusetts with the little sperm guys. So they have to do a big showdown at a water treatment facility in Massachusetts. Uh, at the big showdown, Mr. Gray tries to convince Henry that he's just Jonesy. So they agree to a classic something only Jonesy would know memory duel, which he almost wins while a sperm is hatching and sneaking towards the end of the world. But just then, Duddich shows up wearing the <laughs> largest boots in the world. <laughs> And we get a, uh, he, he, I think he says something like, we've got a lot of work to uh, do now, or something Scooby-Doo-ish like that. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, and then they do a double alien transformation and fight scene. They battle, and it <laughs> sucks. Um, and then uh, during the battle, they both turn into a puff of red mist, which then shows off, you can see the shape of a dream catcher in the red mist, and that then it's over, and then it's just H. Jonesy. Movie over. <laughs> that was just jaw-droppingly terrible. Uh, it just was like, what is happening? And yeah. then it's just over. I mean, oh my god. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, uh, this movie's really bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I want to address the military component of it because there's this whole military thing where they quarantine the area, they round up all of the civilians, they're going to kill all of them because Morgan Freeman has gone crazy in his men in black style trying to defeat the aliens. Tom Sizemore is conflicted because he thinks maybe we shouldn't kill all humans and um and there's a there's a John Wayne handgun that's involved. It has a tracking chip in it. At one point, Henry puts it up to his head like a telephone to talk to Jonesy, and uh, and then Tom Sizemore ends up at the big showdown. Morgan Freeman's there shooting a minigun off of a news helicopter, basically, and uh, Tom Sizemore takes him down with the John Wayne like forty five caliber handgun. And it doesn't play into it. Like, mm-hmm. we could have had the whole story without that military component. Maybe if the other two friends didn't die, they could have been part of this action and actually, like, built on the charisma that wasn't there. Yeah, it was a whole side of the movie that, that was completely irrelevant. It, it And it wasn't even like it was made up for with good performances. It just was terrible. They're like this weird concentration camp environment where it's like the crazies where everybody's lumped together except with no charm, no 
You don't care about the people. You don't care about the military. You don't care about the friends. You don't care about fucking duddits. I don't care about Mm-mm. Mr. Gray. Every every character and side element of this movie is uninteresting. Yeah. And uncompelling. <laughs> yeah. Even though they've quarantined, like, the entire surrounding mileage, there's, like, no people there, basically. It's just more Henry. Like, it's just, like... To to the point that he easily gets FaceTime with the command staff. And when they look out their window, they see him at the fence and he's just standing there staring at him. Like, it's it's so dumb. <laughs> and I love how they have selective precognitive ability. Like, there's certain things that could have ended this story before it even got off the ground that they should have been able to see since they're precogs. But... No, they can't see those things. Mm-mm. And so it just hurdles this stupid story forward. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here comes this giant helicopter with two people or a bunch of people in it, all having minds that we should be able to read. But no, they have no idea why they're there. They don't, you know, oh, what's happening? It's like none of it makes any sense. There's, it's so, there's no logic to it. It's just, it's just trash. If you're gonna, <laughs> If you're going to play it like that, if you're going to play it like trash, then make the whole thing trashy. You know, like, don't don't cloak it in some sort of, like, you know, another masterpiece from Stephen King. Like, <laughs> no, this, this, the book must be terrible. Um, because, I mean, he's, he's basically bastardized everything, like fungal spore anus monsters and <laughs> gray aliens and, you know, precognitive abilities in a group of childhood friends who aren't interesting when they're children yes. and aren't any more interesting as adults. And they have their own stupid language that nobody else wants to know. And like all the dumb shit that he puts in all of his books that no one cares about, except the people who love his books so much. I don't understand it. I don't know. I think it's like soap operas, you know, like my wife likes soap operas. She grew up in Brazil. They, they watch novellas there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like anybody in Brazil thinks that this stuff is Shakespeare. It's they watch it. Part of the reason why they watch it is because the story goes on, and they can get involved in these characters and not really invest much. And you know, it's it's just entertaining in that respect. And this, I guess, a lot of people see Stephen King that way. Like these books just meander. You know, it's like comfort food. But I would be okay with that. But there's too many people that are like, dude. You know, like. Fucking Stephen King, dog. Like, yeah. It's like, you know, like jerking off to Stephen King books and stuff. It's just, it's something's not right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, I think for me, the problem is that, yeah, people, people that read Stephen King then, then are like, yes, I, uh, I appreciate literature. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, he's written some things that I like for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't say that for all the books I've read. Um, <laughs> You know, there's there's several authors who have written things that are fucking terrible. And I've even given them, you know, oh, that's the wrong one. Read this one. And I read that one and it's shit, too. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm sure his shit to good ratio is is probably not great. But he also has written more books than the rest of Earth combined. So, yeah, I mean, uh, James Patterson is also a successful author. I would say that Stephen King has more artistry in his literature than James Patterson. I'll go out on that limb. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Especially considering Patterson doesn't even write his books anymore. And I, I haven't <laughs> seen a whole lot of those. The Stephen King novel written by some asshole. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, they're all written by some asshole. That's true. Stephen King. <laughs> all of this is to say, I think Stephen King's a pretty cool guy, and he... he I like him. He likes cool stories. He just, uh... Man, he's kind of like a an embarrassing dad type of type of character sometimes. Like some of the stuff in here is like, ew, no. He he he's handled a lot of this subject matter in better ways. Let's let's put it like that. I mean, yeah. the the friends growing up thing was handled much better in other books. Even it is you know handles it better. Stand by me. I mean, you know the the buddies that are friends for generations is a cool idea. I mean, you know, it's it's. That's a hard thing to tackle, I think, especially to keep people's interest over what essentially is lifetimes of several characters. And I think he does a good job of doing that kind of stuff when he's on. The fact that he was completely addicted to painkillers and probably was just like, God only knows what kind of trauma he was suffering, like PTSD or whatever. Oh, I God, yeah. I can't imagine because that dude waylaid him. I mean, he really got hammered. Uh, so he's, he's one of those, it's like Salman Rushdie, like he's lucky to be alive. And, uh, oh, speaking of, just a real quick aside, we, uh, we did I Know What You Did last summer in the last episode, and, oh. uh, Anne Heche was in that movie, and she just passed away, and that was, that was really sad. I was sorry to see that. Oh, did she, they actually, they took her off life support already? Yeah. Yeah. I made a, I made an unfortunate pun in the, um, in the, the tweet about it. I, I wished her, a, a, in parentheses, speedy recovery. And uh, that that was when they were still saying that she was going to pull through and everything was fine. And uh, I don't feel great about that now. Well, yeah, because when it happened, you know, it was, what, a week ago? And not, if, you, if you're listening, it'll be a couple weeks. But, yeah. um, but, you know, I mean, we saw her moving on this. We saw her sit up on the stretcher and try to, you know, obviously she was out of her mind, but she was trying to get off the, the stretcher. So I was like, well, she's conscious. And then they said that she was in stable condition and I didn't hear anything more. So I, I didn't, you know, I kind of forgot about the story. And then I was just reading the news the other day and it's like, you know, oh, she was taken off life support and she died and people are mourning her loss. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? Well, apparently she had a yeah. traumatic brain injury that she never recovered from, plus all the burns. So anyways, she was in I Know What You Did last summer. She was one of the better parts of that movie. Um, yep. She didn't need to be there, but she was, you know, she, she's always fun on screen. So that was a shame. Yeah. Fuck, fuck cars. Yeah. No kidding. That, yeah. yeah. That's a, so, uh, yeah. And fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah. Fuck this movie. <laughs> I want to talk about the aliens and like, okay, so. There's fungus, like we mm-hmm. saw the fungus get on people, and apparently the fungus infects you, and then you get you get an alien growing inside you. So the aliens are some sort of self-aware fungal life form. Maybe. Sort of. But then what do the spermies do? Yeah, why does it... So it's like a two-stage <laughs> reproductive... Pro, it's like alien, I guess. It's like you have the eggs and then the eggs give birth to the face hugger and then the face hugger needs a host so they're it's a parasitic fungal life form that needs some sort of a host in order to some mammal apparently warm-blooded host Mm -hmm. in order to reproduce into eggs that are shot out of a worm's butt (laughs) and then they give birth to gummy worms that infect water supplies. I, 
it is so bizarre. It makes no sense. (laughs) There is, there is like one uh, shot that, that doesn't look good, but is like, this movie is really cool in idea uh, at Mm -hmm. times. So there's the scene where like they're the, all of the military's going to go and they're about to eradicate this whole like mountainside full of aliens that are there for some reason. Um, And the aliens start, telepathically asking for help in the voices of children and are like, please, no! And and are also psychically projecting themselves as cute little, like, gray Area 51 aliens. There's even a reference to that where they, like, oh yeah, they figure out what you like and then they show you that, but they're actually, like, the horrible giant poop dick monsters. Um, and then, so they're projecting these aliens, but then once they start shooting, you see them, like, run away, and they're, they're the poop dick monsters, but they have two legs now. Um. Yeah, they're shapeshifters, I guess, but I just assumed that was, like, a way of affecting your mind to make you see what, because that's what they said. Yeah. But then they, they, they also develop physical attributes and interact with the environment in a physical way. If they need to get away quickly, they suddenly have legs and run. Yeah. And why do they need Earth anyway? It doesn't make any sense. I, they're clearly a, a superior life form, except that they're so fucking stupid that they somehow aren't able to outsmart Mr. Eyebrows. Yeah. Because he, he's built his career off of foiling the alien invasions repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. And and also so they're in like they're in like Indiana, right? Like this all this is all happening. Is what, yeah. yeah. This is all happening in No, they're probably in Maine, aren't they? Well, I mean, the children grew up in Derry, Indiana, and that's where oh. Duddit still was. Oh, it's Derry, Maine. Oh that's where that, that makes way that's more where sense. Everything King writes it takes place in Derry. Okay, you're right. You're probably right. For it's some a, reason it's all I part of the mythology. For some reason, I thought it was Indiana, but okay. But I mean, why did they have to go to Massachusetts? Um, sure. Yeah, why? Like, <laughs> I fuck have this no movie. fucking idea. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Oh yeah, no, we need to go to Massachusetts because there's a a really good like manhole cover there that we want to get in. <laughs> and then, then there's the most prob- problematic element of the film. Which isn't, you know, aliens shooting out of your asshole. Mm-mm. I'm perfectly fine with that. It's Duddits. Yeah. And why is... Apparently in the book, Duddits is not an alien. Fuck off. He's, no. Like, he, he doesn't turn into some alien, you know? He's... He may be... I, I forget the way they explained it. It was It's more open-ended. The, the ending of the book sounded much better. Yeah. And, I uh, assume the book is better than this. Yeah, so... Yeah. So Duddits is... Jesus Christ. I dud it. Uh, I dud it. I dud it. It's that. It's that a uh, lot of that. It's it's a whole lot of it's, that. It's really bad. It's really offensive. I know it's not meant to be, but god damn. Yeah. But anyways, what is the deal? Why is he... It, okay, so he's an alien? Is that why he can't speak normally? Because he's got an alien brain? See... It's uh, it's hard to know because he also has parents yeah, that right. love him, and he loves them, and he likes Scooby Doo, and he he somehow is able to bestow precognitive abilities on people. Yeah, and uh, and if he if if he could what? do what he did to that alien to Mister Gray in the 
in the water pump at the dam or whatever, which was so... Remember the Terminator movie where that ends that way with the big fight in the dam? Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yes. if he's able to do that, why why is he just sitting there in his underwear letting some kid shove shit in his mouth? Well, I guess he's a Christ figure, John. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was afraid. I'm afraid you're probably right. Oh, yes. God. Like like any, any uh, let's say, um, woman... Um, uh, summer child, uh, uh, minority, or person with a disability in a Stephen King story, he has magical powers and is probably some kind of sacrificial martyr thing, you know? Any Anytime you're writing something that, that pretends to be literary in any way, and <laughs> you, you, you can't even begin <laughs> to touch the actual, like, endless wonder that is being alive and being a part of the universe that we don't understand. I mean, it's, if you can't capture some of that in a book like this, this broad, you know, you're a douche. (laughs) (sighs) And to be fair, we're not reviewing the book. (laughs) We're reviewing the movie. (laughs) This horrible movie. I'm sure the book is also pretty bad, though. But hopefully better feeling. than this movie. It's got to be better it, than this movie. I have a feeling that, yeah, the, the characters are probably more, you know, believable. I mean, obviously, uh, Morgan Freeman, who's wasted in this movie? I mean, oh, he's, yeah. He, he definitely goes for it. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's game for this character. But it's just, there's no reason for him to be in that role. It doesn't, you know... He, you expect a certain thing from him, and, and that doesn't mean that he should only play that kind of character. But but there's certain kinds of characters he shouldn't play, and this is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like Keanu Reeves. Like, everyone says he's a terrible actor. It's like, well, yeah, he's a terrible actor if you're considering only his versatility. Like, the, you know, can he play any kind of role? No, he can't. There's a lot of things he can't do. Like fucking Shakespeare. and. <laughs> Bram Stoker and stuff like that, you know? If you put him in those roles, he's going to act, sound like an idiot because he <laughs> he's just not suited for that kind of stuff. But he's he's great in The Matrix and he's great in, you know, John Wick movies and, you know, he's he's he can be entertaining. He's good in My Own Private Idaho, the Gus Van Zandt movie. That's pure drama. That's not... He's not a caricature in that. It's just some people are just, you know... Like Brad Pitt can do damn near anything doesn't get credit for it but he he's yeah. played all kinds of characters and he's usually pretty good at it yeah <laughs> i will say he he well no actually no i was gonna say that he's better when he's confused but no he's also really good when he knows more than the watcher does <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's i'm just thinking of someone who's like a mega star that you know everybody thinks of as just kind of a dumb guy with a pretty face you know but uh but you know but can actually act and uh, yeah, I Keanu can kind of too. <laughs> yeah, Keanu can kind of act, but you know, but uh, but Morgan Freeman can definitely act. Yes. And lowering him to to this this one sided character who is is like Captain Ahab, who's got a vendetta against fungal aliens, and which apparently instead of losing his leg, he's lost his mind. And his and his hair clip trip or trimmers or clippers or whatever, like they're so like what what why does he have a fucking gun from John Wayne? Yeah, yeah, John Wayne gave him that gun, and he put a tracking chip in it. Yeah, 
Yeah, he put a tracking chip in it, gave it to his to his apprentice that he was like, this is me passing the torch to you. Also, I'm going to spy on you after you betray me, I guess. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> He's got this rogue like paramilitary unit that's operating outside of the, you know, the, the government and uh, it's completely mercenary. And they send the government sends some guy over to, to you know, well, somebody blows the whistle. I think it was Henry blows the whistle or something or whatever. It doesn't No, matter. it was and Bucko. It was Tom Sizemore. He, Tom he Sizemore. Call, he calls in that other general, the general that's had it up to here with Morgan Freeman, up to the eyebrows and Morgan Freeman. So he knocks on the door to Morgan Freeman's trailer command center and Morgan Freeman just closes the secret hatch to what would be basically half the building. Yeah. And the, the other the other military guy completely buys his bullshit and just leaves. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, by the way, we're reading, like, tons of electric activity coming out of your thing. And he was like, oh, yes, I called my wife on the phone. <laughs> and that's it? <laughs> Bye. But later? <laughs> Don't go through that obvious hatch in the wall there. <laughs> Don't go through that giant panel, the only part of the building with nothing on it. I didn't even put a chair in front of it. <laughs> oh, this room really is an optical illusion. It looks a lot bigger from the outside. <laughs> well, carry on. <laughs> also, that general guy was supposed to, like, he was set up as this big reveal. Like, they kept talking about, oh, two-star general. And then, yeah. like, he shows up and he's just, like, some guy. It's not important. Don't worry about it. He's just some frumpy doofus who, like, apparently has has no ability to recognize when somebody's lying to him. Yeah. Can't even <laughs> prevent people from stealing a military helicopter and flying away with it. <laughs> Jesus. Unchecked. No one ever even comes after him. No, no, there's, like, the military involvement ends there. It's just a mono a mono at that point between Morgan Freeman and Tom Sizemore, and they both win. Oh, my God. I uh, mean, the, the, this movie is so offensive, it even kills a sweet dog that did nothing to anybody. I know, and it suffers for a long time, too. With that asshole Damian Lewis character, the <laughs> Mr. Gray is... Is to A. Is <laughs> to A? Oh, God. Yeah. I have been wow. saying ooby dooby doo in my brain a lot lately. <laughs> A R U. <laughs> you know, the way no one talks. <laughs> yes. I want to talk about Dunnitz again because when he transforms into an alien, it's also supposed to look awesome. But I want you, if you haven't seen the movie, I want you to picture in your head a off-brand fudge sickle <clears throat> from from a from an ice cream shop, and it's it says on the package that it's Chewbacca, but it's not because it's so off-brand, and also it's melting, and that is what Duditz turns into. <laughs> That's exactly what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. He even does a like <laughs> just, just terrible. Like wow, this is it. This is it. Huh? This is yeah. going to save humanity. All right. And he also Great. has a a stabby tail thing so they they stab each other with their stabby tails. Oh, and before he does a transformation, like apparently his plan was 
He waits for Mr. Gray to stab him in the chest. Then he lifts his arm up and goes, I done it! So get, oh, fuck. And then does the transformation. And then they're both, like, sucked into a cocoon type thing. They turn into Red Mist, which the last time someone turned into Red Mist, Mr. Gray entered Jonesy's body. But now, it this is the good kind of Red Mist of winning. This is the winning mist which dissipates and the world is saved. Yeah. Great. And so what's the implication? Is he part of their race? Is he from their part of the universe? Is he... What the fuck is he supposed to be? He's, he's, he's an alien. He's either an enemy alien of an enemy species or specifically... Mr. Gray's antagonist in some way because like when he when they reveal it they're like oh he was here the whole time I knew it like what <laughs> yeah they, 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 they they're all compelled like they're compelled by the dream catcher that one guy's always drawing the dream catcher which has no relevance to the movie what did you can catch any tie-in when like, did he, I miss it when he gave them the magical powers, he saw a few, like, spider webs in the air hovering, like, mm. above them. Mm. But, you know, it can really go fuck itself. I think it was, was just Stephen King was like, I want to get some, like, Native American stuff in there. That's magical, right? How, uh, like, let's let's really, like, squeeze in another facet of, of uh, uh, offensiveness in here. Well, it's not the first time he's... Uh reduced the Native Americans to uh, some cartoon <laughs> character in one of his books, like Pet Cemetery. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> uh, I also want to talk about the fact that these guys, like, alright, so, so Stephen King basically has, like, if you were to build comic books, like Marvel comic books off of it, you've got you've got X-Men coming out of Stephen King's universe. These guys are like the really, really unpopular, like, who? Who? What powers do they have? They're like the worst X-Men. <laughs> the ass. Yeah, like the... Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. They, they sort of have precognitive abilities, kind of, but it yeah. doesn't really help them in any way. You know? Like, he... He knows that Beaver knows that uh, what's his balls is gonna is something might happen to him, but he doesn't know what. Doesn't work that way, he says. Yeah. How does it work? It doesn't work at all, apparently. Oh, be, be careful going home. Oh, that's sage advice. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns out that that Duditz was luring him into the street. He wanted him to get hit because oh, that yeah. somehow. That somehow was a triggering event that was going to set them saving the world off or something. It's like, what? It doesn't, that doesn't make any sense because they even said that they go to that cabin that they call Hole in the Wall and they've gone there like every fucking winter for 20 straight years. So they, he didn't even need to get hit by a car. It's because Duditz is a piece of shit and these people are his cannon fodder. He is not their friend. They should not have fond recollections of them, of him. He, he like lured them to him as children and gave Gave them just enough power to help him kill people and fuck it if they die. They were they had as much depth as the characters in Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, I you, love that movie. That each character has their little backstory. It doesn't really matter. They just flesh it out a little bit just so that you can have this movie that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Great sci-fi. <laughs> 
<laughs> Terrible sci-fi, but funny movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And... Yeah, I'm trying to think like what did I like about the, what I liked about this movie is the same thing I liked about it the first time I saw it, which was the uh, how disgusting and irreverent the whole alien infection thing was. Was just to instead of making it you know like cool and mysterious, they made it absolutely just guttural and disgusting. It's mixed with farts, like stinky farts, burps, and bloating, and sweating, and just feeling bad, and you know. And then you shit out an alien, like and die. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm all all on board with that. And seeing it is hilarious. And that whole that whole section is great. But the rest of the movie just it just fails. It's just I. There's some moments, I guess. I mean, I, there's something that it has its own bizarre charm for me. But I've seen it just like I know what you did last summer. I've seen it enough now. I don't need to ever see that movie again. It, yes. there's just better better bad things out there to watch <laughs> yeah 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 and you're right like that scene like everything with the with the infected hunter and even um jason lee on the toilet and even all the way up like whenever his fingers get bitten mm-hmm. off it's all great and then it it then there's a puff of red mist and the movie turns into a turd it just there, it doesn't. It doesn't live up to what it was building towards. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, okay. So those things burst out, and I guess they grow up to be Mister Grays. So th- these things have like a brood of eggs that they hatch out of their spike ass, and and then also a decoy brood of eggs. Don't forget. Oh God, yeah. They have a decoy brood of eggs, and then they hatch little worm things that grow really fast into Mr. Gray's, I guess. Um, okay. And, but the whole thing is perpetuated by a fungal spore system on mm-hmm. mammals, I guess. And all of those mammals that we saw fleeing the forest had fungal infections on them. So they are still spreading that fungus across the Wait, world. So how does the fungus lead to the worm thing through the ass? That's right. It inf- I th- it infects the animal, and then the, the creature gestates inside its bowel. That's what it is. And then they shit it out. Yeah. Yeah, so you get a topical fungal infection, like 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 athletes everything, and <laughs> yes. that causes a, a horrific butt-fanged creature to grow in your chest, and then descend down to your stomach, and then shoot out of your ass to death which again makes no sense as if it's somehow incapable of escaping from your colon yeah it can rip your fingers off with no effort wouldn't it just burst out of your body but um, it is yeah. great that it comes out of your asshole but it the, the science doesn't check out <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i guess they were like all right well what do we do instead of a chest burster like they've already done that I was like well what if they pooped it out i bet that would be funny if we know I, about if, Stephen King, one thing, it's that he loves a poop. That's right. Stephen King is also notorious for reading every horror book and putting a blurb on it. And uh, one of the authors, well, I mean, okay, almost every. So one of the authors that he's done this for is a guy named Nick Cutter, which is a pen name. But uh, Nick Cutter is the name he uses when he's writing his horror books. His horror books are all 
kind of like monster stories, but the monster is always some sort of parasitic infection. Mm. So there's a whole book about a tape, parasitic tapeworm infection that is completely out of control. Like the thing's been genetically modified in the lab. And it's just a gross out, like it's a bunch of kids, a, a Boy Scout troop on an island. It's called the Troop. And it, I mean, if you want to see something that's disgusting or read something that's disgusting about parasitic infections and stuff, that's the way to go. Because that book is really gross. It's good, but it's it really makes you uncomfortable. You know, like this is is gross, but it's like cartoonish, you know. It's, it's like you don't read, you know, you don't watch Scooby-Doo comics and cartoons and then get grossed out because, you know, whatever. It's just, it's just too light, too lighthearted, which yeah. is part of the problem. The, the movie has this kind of lighthearted feel to it. So when these things happen that are pretty serious, like one of the four key characters gets consumed by an alien, there's no weight to it. You're just like, oh, there goes that guy. He was kind of an ass anyway. Yeah. But, you know, like this, that's not good. You shouldn't feel, you should feel upset, you know? And I'm, I mean, you know, within an adult watching a movie uh, yeah. terms upset, you know, like, oh, I like that character, you know, instead of just, eh, he was kind of a douche anyway. <laughs> yeah. His power sucked. And that's Timothy Oliphant. The guy's charming. He's funny. I love Timothy Oliphant. He's fun to watch, you know? But, man, not in this show. No, no. And really can't aim a finger blast for shit. (laughs) What is that? He looks like he's... Like, what is... (laughs) It's it's disgusting. (laughs) Jesus. All right, John, if you had to rate this movie on a scale of zero to five loathsome things, how wouldst thou and why? Uh, I'm going to give it a 1.75. Damn! Because it's, it's pretty close to what I gave the other one. It might be the same. Anyways, it's because it's just it's just not that good. The one It, it was 1.75... Uh, you know, loathsome things worth of entertainment with some gross-out factor. Seeing actors that I like, to be fair, including Tom Sizemore, but all of them just not being used to their full effect. And so it it just missed the mark. It could have been good. It certainly had the recipe was there, but yeah, I don't know. It was it was a it was very problematic as far as like being a good movie. <laughs> I agree. I I gave it a 2.1 out of 5. It's um on top of being offensive and it there is a lot going into it. There's a huge budget. They had great actors, a really really good Hollywood I guess screenwriter, maybe not director, I don't know. Um and and like they had a lot of stuff going for it and it was just it was just all it came out as a big horrible fart and it was it was very similar to I Know What You Did last summer in that way, where it like had so much going for it that it just didn't do the thing with. Yeah, it was a movie that didn't understand its own boundaries, which is exactly like I Know What You Did last summer. This is, you know, that movie was, it, it, it's just supposed to be like a teen romp, like a slasher. It's a slasher. And it's yeah. it doesn't even function as a slasher. He barely kills anybody. And he doesn't do it in a particularly interesting ways, although the crab thing was kind of funny. But that was so implausible that it was like, <laughs> You know, so, yeah, it's like the movie just didn't seem to understand that it could only fit. Like, here's what you have to work with. These boundaries right here. You know, you can do whatever you want in there and still make a good movie. But, you know, if you're going to try to, like, 
do anything else, it's just not going to work. This movie's the same. The other another problem with this movie is it's it's way too long, and I don't usually care if a movie is long. Um, and and nowadays we're living in an era where every fucking movie is too long. But God, but the movies are also the, the way that the movies are being made has changed. So the storytelling is different, and, and so the flow of these movies is different. So they can fill two hours, and you it feels too long to have to sit there for two fucking hours and watch it. But the story itself, you know, tells itself in two hours, and it's fine. This yeah. movie does; it doesn't need two hours. There's no reason for it to be two hours. It's just bloated, which makes you think this is one of those movies where nobody knew what the fuck was going on. You know, like they were just they're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what would stick at the end. You know, and and then they were like, "We got to get a cut together because we got to release this fucking thing and make some money out of it." That's that's all I get out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was a cash grab. They they like this movie came out. I want to say like two years after the book was published, so it was like wow. cash grab all around. They were like, yeah. he was like, all right, I'm making a movie book. They were like, all right, we're making a, a book movie, and then we did. It it could have been good. Early two thousands are a rough time to make a movie like this because CGI was off to Trash. the races, and it just wasn't any good. It was just shit. Like, when those animals are running through the snow, they it, it looks like you're watching, like, a Song of the South <laughs> fucking cartoon or something. It looks so fake. It does. <laughs> wow, all those animals are really there. <laughs> wow, they all look like cartoon characters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, John, who's the motherfucking asshole? Oh, God, the motherfucking... It's Duddits. Fucked up. It's done. It's, yes. <laughs> he's been plotting all of this for years. He's 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 a he's the darkness at the heart of this entire story. <laughs> this is who Joseph Conrad was talking about. <laughs> you remove this guy from, from that world, and those four dudes have four lovely lives. Yeah. <laughs> They're sitting in that cabin. You know, in, in a couple of months, they're going to head down to that cabin and they're all, you know, they're old now, you know, they're probably in their 70s or whatever. They're going to go to that cabin and just wait, they're not in their 70s. That was only like 20 years ago. So they were probably, they're probably our age, 40s, 50s, yeah. whatever. Who cares? <gasps> they're going to go there. It was a real fuckaroo. <laughs> they're going to drink, you know, have cook some steaks, hang out, tell stories, you know, it'll be fine. And then they'll go home to their stupid lives and they won't have precognitive abilities and Timothy Oliphant won't try to, you know, uh, impress some girl with buck teeth about how he was able to find her keys in a puddle. So fucking creepy. <laughs> oh my god, I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're right. Duddits is gotta be the Duddits, motherfucking. Right? Yeah. yeah, he's the motherfucking asshole. <laughs> Uh, so if you disagree with us or on any of those points or would like to tell us in what ways we are the motherfucking asshole, you can do so by reaching out to us on Twitter and Instagram at LoathsomePod or on Facebook at LoathsomePodcast or you can email us at LoathsomeThings at gmail.com. Yes. Thanks for listening, folks. Stay in touch. And as always, I, those people are probably going to die.